Hello and welcome to Self-Taught Devs. If this is your first time joining us, this is a show where two self-taught developers discuss the learning and growth experience for folks just getting into the industry. My name is Eric Winklespecht. And I'm Matt Ehrlich. And one goal we also have with this podcast is to highlight and celebrate other members in the software engineering community. And today we have our very first guest, Kevin Miller. Hey, Kevin. How's it going, man? Glad to be on. Good, good. Um, so what do you want to do, Matt? We, we've got our first first guest on here ever, and I think we just kind of want to explore Kevin's experiences here and, and how he kind of got started on his journey. Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, Kevin is a senior software engineer and also the host of his own podcast, Code of Convos, which is really cool. So for anyone who doesn't know, Kevin, what is a senior software engineer and how, how does a senior, let's say, differ from a junior? Okay, so, you know, the term senior is pretty much uh, just dependent on a company, but uh, how I really distinguish the two, senior and junior, is the more senior you are, the more autonomous you are, the more the task and the project get laid on you, and um, ultimately, the more responsibility that falls on your shoulders. So at my last company, and even at this one, you know, technically my title is like senior, but really I was like the front end lead, meaning like ultimately the project fell on my shoulders and somebody needed help, they come to me. So the big thing, the big distinction between junior and senior is the technical autonomy, your ability to solve problems. And the higher you get up, your it, it also comes down to your ability to enhance the productivity of others. Okay, very cool. And before, let's uh, take it all the way back. So before you actually got into um, development, what were you doing? And then what sort of led you to transition into a developer position? So like my story is like ever since I was young, since I was like three years old, I love playing video games and video games is really what helped cultivate a desire for me to want to learn a program because in order to make a game, you have to learn the program. But, you know, I started dabbling with it back in the 90s, but things were a lot different back then. They didn't have all the tutorials and the videos and the things that they do now. So it's really difficult. So I kind of gave it up and uh, moved more so into like I wanted to run my own mutual fund, get into finance and do that kind of stuff. And I ended up getting an accounting degree. Um, I come from like a small town, Colleen, uh, Texas is by Fort Hood, which is a big military base. And uh, living there, there's not a lot of job opportunities. Like if you want to get a good paying job, you have to go on base and you have to know somebody because, you know, given it's a military base, they're going to give those jobs to veterans first, which is, which makes sense. So I was pretty much stuck there in a low paying job, even though I did have that uh, bachelor's in accounting. So I was working at the Marriott Hotel, uh, doing night audit and the front desk work. So I worked from 11 at night to seven in the morning. So, you know, I, I would spend maybe like an hour or two dealing with guests. And then, you know, once it gets around one in the morning, things will really quiet down. And, you know, I, I find out I don't, I don't really like accounting and stuff like that. Uh, it's, it's just boring to me. So uh, around that time, I started hearing about, you know, hearing online about people getting these 100K jobs in software. And you don't need uh, a degree and this and that. So I just decided, you know, why, why not? Why don't I experiment with this? Why don't I play around with it? So 
the cool thing about uh, JavaScript is that you don't have to install anything on a computer to be able to do it. You know, like with, with the work computer, you don't want to be installing all this software. You can get in trouble. So the cool thing is you can just download, you can, you can just even use TextPad and a notepad and uh, start coding with that and then see your results in the browser. So I, I started experimenting with web development a little bit. And then um, also, you know, as a night auditor, you have to do these different reports. A lot of that stuff is in Excel. So um, Excel, it has a language called VBA, which you can use to create macros and automate a lot of stuff. So um, I started playing around with that. And, you know, this task would take hours before, but after I made a macro, it shaved it down to like 30 minutes. So that let me see the power, the immense power that you have when you're programming. And it also gave me a taste that maybe I could do it too. Mm. So, you yeah. know, I'll go ahead. The, the, I like that you mentioned VBA. That was also my kind of first real taste of, of coding. Um, I, I had the experience in my previous career and, and did the same kind of thing where I automated reporting tasks using VBA. But I'm curious to hear about your experience getting into it then, like during, during your nighttime shift, doing your thing. You mentioned before, like, hey, there weren't really the resources available that there are today, right? You can't just hop on YouTube at the time and, and look up tutorials. What, what were you using to try to get into programming? How were you learning it? Okay, sure. So yeah, back in the 90s, there weren't any resources. But when I popped back into programming and when I was working at the hotel, that was around like, you know, like the 2012, 2013. So that's when you started seeing a lot more resources. Uh, Ruby on Rails was pretty big around that time as well. Um, but yeah, what I was doing was, um, what was that? It, it, it's, it's a site kind of like uh, Free Code Camp. There's like the precursor to it. I can't remember the name, but uh, it kind of allowed you to pop up, open up, open up the browser on the left-hand side. They have the instructions and a little code window. And on the right, you can see the output and it kind of told you, okay, you're doing this right. You're not doing that right. So I kind of started experimenting with that kind of stuff. Um, and then uh, I started buying like programming books and reading them from cover to cover and then recreating a project. I mean, that's really uh, what helped me understand uh, a lot of this stuff is uh, actually creating a project. So how you go about that is, um, you know, a lot of these books, they have a website, you go get the source code, download the project. So what you do is you just recreate the whole project from scratch, go file by file and, you know, re retype everything in and, um, you know, slowly but surely, you're going to start building an understanding of the application. Like there's going to be a ton that you don't understand. So what you do is you write down these little, the, the little portions that you don't understand and you research them, then you come back and finish it up. So like when you keep on doing this kind of thing, um, you start getting that, that, that knowledge of how the application all fits together. And you, it also tells you your weak areas like, okay, I don't really understand classes. What is a class? Let me look this up. You know, so just uh, a lot of reading and a lot of working on courses. And the one thing that really helped me get a job as well was I created a programming blog where I kind of wrote my thoughts. And, you know, during the interview, that's one of the things that, you know, my uh, first boss, he brought up like, hey, did you write this blog? Oh, this is good. Because as you know, this industry is super saturated now. So 
you can't just come in having the exact same projects as everybody else. You have to have something that makes you stand out. And that's why I believe like having something that increases your visibility, whether it be a blog, YouTube channel or something like that, is extremely important. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like that you mentioned um, your blog and, and doing something outside of just coursework to really put yourself ahead of everyone else. That's something that's not really uh, discussed a lot in um, you know, cert certain courses that you take or even um, that you see online. It's really just like uh, learn it, build projects, apply for jobs. But that emphasis on doing other things outside of that to make yourself stand out, it's not really there. <laughs> exactly. And you know, we're in a super saturated age, meaning that you can't come with your B game, you know, like how, how are the best football players so good? How is Tom Brady, Tom Brady? He, he, he hires the best coaches. Uh, he spends a tons of time at the, at the facilities. Like here's a very important lesson. Don't cheap out on your education. Like a lot of people, they get into coding. They want to get the free resources, the free books, you know, Oh, this costs money. I'm not, I'm not going to pay for that. Oh, this coach, he costs money. I'm not going to pay for that. But I, 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 I have probably easily over 500 courses on Udemy. Obviously I can't go do them all, but you know, I was willing to invest that money to increase my knowledge. And here's the importance of that. What, what is 5,000, $10,000 if you're getting a $40,000 pay raise, you know, one year, of, of raise is going to pay for that several times over like your, your mission isn't to just sneak into the industry your mission should be to be the best coder you can be so you have to invest in yourself yeah it's a it's a big choice to to make that financial investment right and it's nice to start off with those free resources because there's a lot of them out there now yeah but, you know i think i think we can understand that the free resources only is only going to get you so far and then at exactly. a certain point if you are going to continue with this kind of journey for yourself you you need to make a different kind of investment um I, i'm curious kevin to to hear your thoughts about you know you mentioned standing out you mentioned doing things to stand out more um you know you've you've been doing this job for a while you've got that senior title so i'm sure you see juniors and entry-level folks come in what are you seeing from some of these folks that get these jobs how are they standing out to you okay so yeah, I've talked to a couple of guys, um, you know, I meet a lot of different junior developers on LinkedIn. And like I mentioned before, um, I really like to see the, you know, junior developers that create a YouTube channel and they walk through their, their, their projects they're working with on YouTube. Uh, they're constantly posting on LinkedIn about the things they're learning. Um, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are, if nobody knows about it then how are they going to find you? You know, there, there's burger places that blow McDonald's out of the water, but McDonald's is blowing them out of the water in terms of revenue. Why is that? Because McDonald's marketing is so good. Like you drive by, you see that golden arch, you know what it is. So you can have amazing technical skills, but if you don't know how to advertise those skills, recruiters just going to drive right by you. So um, people who take the initiative, to increase their visibility and who take the initiative to work on projects on their own time. That, that's, that's impressive to me. And uh, I also like people who are willing to reach out like, hey, uh, can I ask you a few questions? Like you, ha you have to kind of be aggressive in this, in this era to really get that first job. And a lot of it 
is a persistence game. Like even when I started, when the market wasn't quite so saturated, I still had to put in countless applications. And, you know, if you watch Coda Conversations, just about all the people on there, I had to put to say, I had to put in hundreds of applications. So that, that attitude of, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep doing it. I might have to adjust a little bit, but I'm going to stick with it. So persistence and working on your visibility is uh, really important and attitude to like, you have to be willing to learn. Like nobody wants to be around somebody that's arrogant and feel like they know it all. Yeah, this is a uh, really important. And there's such an emphasis here on just the soft skills outside of just like um, your technical knowledge that really makes a huge difference and can differentiate you from, from somebody else. And this is, um, from what I've gathered, really, really important for getting your first job. But when it comes to your first job, what did you do, let's just say, in the first week, month, year to really stand out um, for yourself? Okay, so the first job was uh, where I made a lot of mistakes and that kind of helped me step my game up for the rest of my career. Like, uh, uh, you know, when my boss was letting me go for the first job, he said, you know, you seem like a really responsible person, this and that. But, you know, we think this application is kind of beyond you. So my thing was with that first job, my presentation wasn't good. I wasn't really that friendly. You know what I mean? Um, because th think about this. OK, say me and you are working at the same job and you go, you're always going out with the boss after work. Y'all are, you know, hanging out. He's you're, you're laughing. You know, what I'm, saying? I'm not saying to have a fake personality, but you have to be social. Like if he likes you and he doesn't like me and we're in a similar skill set and he, he needs to let somebody go, he's going to let me go, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't really dress up well. Um, you know, I'm saying all of this to say that uh, the having the technical skills is obvious. Like that's something you, you you absolutely need. But a lot of people are really holding themselves back due to presentation. Um, like if you just want to try this experiment, go 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 to the mall, really dress down. Go go to the mall in some sweatpants, some beat up shoes, and walk in the store like Macy's or Dillard's and see how they treat you. And then maybe a week later, go with a suit on. You know. Uh, go really dressed up and you're going to see like your presentation has a huge effect on how you're, how you're treated and perceived. So um, working on my networking, how I dress and all of that, that was extremely important. And, um, you know, my first job told me, I, you know, I, I have to stop being so casual because um, as you can see, this industry is very turbulent. Uh, Facebook, Meta, Google, all them big fan companies, they're laying off tens of thousands of employees. Some guys who worked there for 10 years, they're waking up finding that uh, they can't connect to the, the network anymore or they got an email that said, hey, you're let go. So, you know, at the end of that first job, like uh, I signed a lease, a year long lease and, you know, they fired me after that. So I was kind of screwed, you know what I mean? If I didn't find another job, I, I was stuck in that position. So that gave me a taste of what the tech industry is. Like you might think you're stable. You might think that um, you're gonna be here forever, but the reality is even if you're really cool with, with, you know, with all the upper management at your company, another company could buy them out. They wanna put their people in place. So they're gonna, they're gonna ax you. So um, always be prepared. That's, a, that's another thing. Like 
save your money, uh, start looking for multiple streams of income, look for ways to invest because, and also keep your visibility up, stay in touch with recruiters because if you lose one job, you wanna be ready to waltz into the next one. I think, I think that point, keep your visibility up, right, is huge. And I've been hearing that a lot recently of folks who are like, they were active on LinkedIn and they were, you know, posting their content and then they get their job and awesome. Let's celebrate that. That's a fantastic accomplishment. And then they kind of disappear a little bit or they're yeah. much more, you know, infrequent about their posting. Um, and it's a challenge, right? You go in and you're doing your first software engineering role and you're learning tons and you're using your brain like crazy. What, what do you think is a, is a way to balance that? How do you stay active while, you know, if you're getting your first job tomorrow and you're, you're raring to go, how do you divide your time? What, what are your recommendations to stay visible? Sure. So the key for me really is, um, don't treat it like a job. Like, uh, I gotta make four posts a day, uh, go on there and have fun. Just, uh, engage with other developers, share what you learn, uh, you know, the key is just make it fun um, and stay consistent because, you know, we all have had those friends like, you know, when they're single, they're always there. They're always hanging out. As soon as they get in a relationship, you don't see them and mm -hmm. then they break up. Hey, guys, <laughs> like you, you don't want to be like that on, uh, you know, with your, your, your social, you know, your social presence. Just uh, stay engaged, have fun. Don't make it a job, you know post about things you're learning because that's going to help other people. And, you know, they're going to be like, Hey, Oh, that's an awesome tip. Let me share this post. They share that post and somebody else sees, you know, and you start slowly building a following over time like that. And uh, this is just how important visibility is um, just based off of the posts I've been doing. And even the podcast I've had recruited from like Google, Facebook, Oracle, Microsoft, they all reached out to me or even like managers from those companies, hey, uh, we want you to interview with our company, you know? And more recently, I've been having all kinds of random people like uh, CEOs of companies uh, kind of reach out to me. Like if, if you look on a Coder Conversations podcast, a lot of those people on there, they reached out to me because, you know, they see what I've been posting uh, or what I've been doing with the podcast. Like just you guys doing this podcast, if you stick with it, um, people, people are going to respect the grind and, um, you know, a, a lot of opportunities are going to start opening up. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really important to just not um, go on LinkedIn or, or network when you need something, you know, it's, it's important to provide value as well. Um, so talking about like um, career progression, and let's just say, um, you know, going up to like a better position or increasing your salary, what's your process for that? You know, let's say you have, you have that first job. Okay. I've been here for one, two, three years. I want to, you know, maybe move up to something else. Uh, this is the honest truth. The, the biggest raise you're going to get is, uh, going to another company, sadly enough. Uh, more times than not, if you stick it stick, stick with your same company, they, they might give you a little raise, if none at all. So, all of the biggest jumps I've got were jumping from a from one company to the other. Like, obviously, you don't want to say that out loud, but that's just the truth of it. Like, uh, after my second year in, you know, I was making like sixty k, but I took this interview 
for AT&T and I went from 60 to 95K. Um, and then, you know, I stayed there for like maybe a year or two and I jumped from 95 to around 140. So <clears throat> uh, that, that kind of ties back into visibility and keeping your skills set up. Like if you're really like, the industry is saturated with developers. So the hard part is, is distinguishing a bad developer from a good developer. Imagine you had your own company. You're like, hey, we wanna hire some guys to build our application. Um, how are you gonna determine whether this guy that you're about to hire, that he's gonna be able to build your project or just cost you millions because he doesn't know what he's doing. So that's why your visibility is so important. Um, if recruiters, they get the idea that you really know what you're doing, um, you're active, that's gonna open up so many opportunities for you. Um, in terms of like trying to climb up the ladder at, at the same company, uh, I haven't really had too much success doing that because, you know, honestly, a lot of times uh, the man, you know, these, these managers and stuff, they're going to hire people they know, they're going to hire their friends, you know what I mean? And my lack of socializing on the job, I believe that probably cost me a lot of opportunities. I'm kind of like, honestly, I don't really like talking. I'm more of an introvert. I just rather get the job done, go home, you know, and in corporate America, that costs you because if we're in the same ballpark of skills, but you're cool with the the manager, they're gonna they're gonna give them the opportunity. You know what I mean? Mm. So me just keeping my visibility up and people, you know, seeing what I'm able to do on these uh, different you know social platforms. That's how like uh, you know recruiters they they end up hitting me up and bringing me these awesome opportunities. And here's the thing, uh, as you get more experience in the industry, uh, you're going to have a lot of recruiters hitting you up. Your inbox is going to be flooded, but always take the time to respond to them. Like a lot of people just start ignoring the recruiters or they start, you know, saying some nasty stuff, but just say, hey, thank you for uh, presenting this opportunity, but I'm not looking for a job right now. And if you know somebody who is, you just recommend, recommend that to them. So why you do this is because, you know, when they have this amazing job opportunity, you want them to think about you. They're going to bring that to you first. And, uh, you know, in times like these, when everybody's getting laid off, they're going to look out for you. Like, hey, I, I, I do know some guys looking, you know, looking to hire. Let me plug you in. Whereas if you were nasty or just ignoring them, they're not going to uh, not going to help you out. Yeah, I think we talk a lot about and want to celebrate the community that we have found in software engineering. And it's, it's tremendous. And there's so many people out there that want to help and want to be supportive. And like, you know, we'll, we'll read your posts, we'll comment, we'll say how you help them or give you feedback. And it's great. But I think you make a fantastic point of like, don't celebrate that community and be a part of that community. And also just turn your back on that community at the same time, when you are set, and you are not looking for your next position or job or whatever it may be, like, hold that door open. Yeah. Right. For the folks behind you and do what you can. Um, and I, I also, you know, appreciate your point of talking about being a little more introverted. Right. And saying like, hey, maybe that hurt me trying to, quote unquote, climb that corporate ladder. But I also think you have the ability and clear that you have been successful in, in your career, you know, and you've you found your success, whether that was hopping 
between different companies. And I, I don't think hopping is the right word, right? Like you look for different opportunities that are right for you in that moment and you find the culture fit or the exciting projects that you want to work on. And sure. I think the antiquated view on what a job is still kind of persists a little bit, right? Where people think like, hey, yeah. you get this one job and you do this job forever. And if you're good at it, you'll move up in that job. And if you're not, then you're not good enough to move up. And it's kind of crazy, right? Like yeah. it is important to explore who you are as a person and where you want to be and what the culture and environment you want to be involved in is and what kind of projects you want to work on. And having varied experience makes you a, a more well-rounded person and developer and gives you a lot more to speak to about like, hey, I've worked on a whole variety of things. I've worked with a whole mess of different kinds of people doing different yeah. kinds of work. It's not bad to move around. Certainly it isn't. Absolutely. Like whatever you do, whatever your strategy strategy is, it kind of goes back to that marketing aspect. You have to learn how to sell that. Mm -hmm. So like me being from company to company, what I did learn was there's a lot of different ways to accomplish the same thing. And why that's important is that we're typically, you know, especially with math, you know, two plus two is four. Like we think there's one, one way to do something, but when it comes down to problem solving, you learn that there's a variety of different ways to solve that particular problem. So especially as you move up and you, you transition from uh, just a technical fo focus guy to more of a leader, you're going to have to keep your mind open to, you know, the people you're leading, like your way isn't the only right way. Um, so, you know, being at different companies, you learn there's a variety of way to solve problems. So on your team, instead of you thinking that you have the right way, um, it should uh, teach you that you listen to the guys on your team and uh, respect their, their decision-making process because they could give you a much better idea if you just, you know, kept yourself open. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Huge point. And I, I think um, it's important to note that, you know, th these are all skills as well, right? um, being personable um, and, and being able to connect with other people. These aren't, for a lot of people, these aren't things that just come naturally, right? These are things that you have to practice and really have to have to get good at. So, you know, if you're like me and, and Eric, newer developers starting out, why not start practicing that stuff now than not practicing and not getting comfortable with that? And then you go for your first, um, you start applying for jobs and let's say you get your first job and then you have to all of a sudden figure everything out then. You know, that's why it's important to do things like build in public or uh, maintain those relationships with other people before you even get that first job. Mm -hmm. And the career changers out there too, right? Like, we'll look back at your previous experience and see how you pull on those, those experiences to talk about these kinds of things, right? Are you a collaborative problem solver? Do you have experience maybe putting ideas out there to fix whatever problem you may have been working on in your job. And then you have a team of people or work with um, collaborators who maybe change that idea or add on to that idea. Like, are you humble? Are you working with people that you can help be successful while bringing yourself in? Like it's, it's the team's success, right? It's not just your own success. Uh, I think a lot of us start off now with, with learning to code and making this kind of a, a solo venture, right? We're learning new things where, kind of afraid to put ourselves out there in the beginning because we're going to show off how much we don't really know or 
you know, we're fighting with imposter syndrome. And then you kind of feel like coding is an, an isolated practice. And it really isn't, right? You're solving mm -hmm. problems with teams. You need to be able to collaborate and communicate with teams. You need to be able to accept that there are going to be other people better than you at what you're trying to do or smarter than you or have been doing it for a longer time. And maybe if you're if you're not surrounded by those people, you want to be somewhere else where you can be surrounded by those people, because that's only going to help you continue to improve what you know and what you can do. It's a lot to think about, and it's a lot to, you know, try to pull yourself out from so you can get a, a much broader view of like, all right, what environment am I really in? What environment am I creating? And am I in the right spot to, to learn and grow and continue to be better? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um... Yeah, so the, the you know what what y'all guys are doing with the podcast is it's a big thing because uh, one of the reasons that I started my podcast is wanted to improve my speaking skills. I want to become more social, um, like just that lack of being able that lack of being able to socialize. That's a huge impediment in life, um, you know. So what the podcast, the Coder Conversations podcast, enabled me to do was put myself out there. Um, in order to get the interviews, you have to talk to a lot of different people. You know, you can't just hide in your shell anymore. Um, you know, it, it forces you to face your weakness. Like in life, you know, you, you have two choices. You can run and hide from your weakness and curl up every time it, you know, you're faced with that, or you can stand up and do what it takes to overcome. And then you realize, like, why, why was I uh, so afraid to socialize? It's, it's, it's nowhere near as bad as I thought, like, you know, like when you first on when you when you first come on LinkedIn and and you start thinking about reaching out to people, you kind of scared. Like, what if they reject me? What if they leave something nasty? But the reality is, you know, either they just don't hit you back, or they, you know, they say something kind. That's that's usually been my experience. So that kind of fueled me to become even more and more social and more and more aggressive with uh, uh, you know, dealing with my lack of uh, social skills and you know it's, it's really been cultivating into something amazing man uh, you know I met you guys um, and what's interesting is recently a lot of uh, like CEOs VPs and all that kind of stuff they've been hitting me up on LinkedIn some want to come on a podcast or some just want to chat about something but you know none of that would have ever happened if I would have just let that 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 weakness of not being able to be really social hold me back. So it's good that you guys are doing this podcast thing and you know attacking any of your weaknesses head on. Yeah, absolutely, and um, it just shows uh, the power of asking, right? And, and exactly. just saying, "Hey, um, you know, my name is such and such. Nice to meet you. I was wondering if you know whatever." What's the worst that could happen, right? They could say no, they could ignore you, or you could get some really good, useful, valuable information and make a lifelong connection. So we we covered a lot of ground here with Kevin, and I think now I, we just kind of want to turn everything over. And you know, Kevin, you've got a lot of experience behind you. You've got a lot of interesting topics already on your mind. Uh, we just want to hear, you know, some of those points that that you feel are really relevant today, um, maybe for the folks just getting started in the industry for the folks looking for their first job, right? We talked about a number of those things, but what else you got for us? What are those those golden nuggets of knowledge you wanna share with everybody? So I'm gonna go back to the point about persistence. And um, also you have to really analyze your mind for excuses you're making uh, as to why you're not where you wanna be, why you're not successful. Um, 
perfectionism uh, is a big impediment for a lot of people because it gives them built-in excuses. Like, say, for example, you know, you guys were starting this podcast. If you were like too focused on making things perfect, you'd be like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do it today because I need a better camera. I need a better microphone. Uh, I'm going to wait until, you know, I can afford the $30 a month subscription for, you know, Melon app or something. You know what I mean? Like, now, if you really want to um, be successful, you have to make do with what you have, get something out there and then improve on it iterati iteratively. And, um, you know, no nobody starts off at a high level, like with gymnasts, um, you know, babies don't come out of the womb knowing how to do backflips and cartwheels. Mm -hmm. That's something you have to work, you know, work yourself towards. So you know, a mistake a lot of people make, especially when they're first starting in the field is comparing their output to professionals who've been doing it for like 20 years. That's coders, podcasters, all of that. Like you might wonder why you can't solve a problem nearly as fast as a guy that's been there for 10 years doing, you know, or, you know, with podcasting, why doesn't my podcast look like the Joe Rogan show? He has a huge budget. Um, he has a team behind him. That's stuff that you work towards. But the only way for you to get to that level is stick with what you're doing and to continually improve, uh, never quit. And, uh, you know, don't allow, don't allow built-in excuses to come in. You say you're going to do it, do it. Hey, I'm going a, I'm to a run a podcast. I'm going to get a job in the coding industry. I'm going I'm to stick with it. I'm going to keep trying different things until I find out that formula that wins. It's, it's a big deal to get your draft out there, right? And then mm -hmm. we, you know, Matt and I have been talking a lot about the, the 1%, right? It's a statistic that I've been kind of obsessed with recently where it's, you know, you make that 1% improvement every day, whatever that means as far as how you're improving that 1%. And over the course of a year, whatever you're working at, you'll be 37 times better than when you started. That's not 37% better. That's 37 times, right? So, you know, exactly. I, I appreciate your point of perfectionism and it's, I, I definitely classify myself as a perfectionist in a lot of things that I do. And it's been challenging for me to say like, all right, we're just going to start a thing and I'll get better at it. But whatever I'm capable of doing right now, I'm going to do, and I'm going to put myself out there and it's scary. It's very scary, but man, you commit to it and you just keep at it. And your, your point of persistence, 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 you're going to get better. You put in an effort, you're going to improve. Exactly. Um, like, I, I don't know if you guys are into games, but have you played like dark souls? Have sure. you heard oh, of yeah. So yeah. What, what is the motto that game prepare to die? So, mm -hmm. so <laughs> the only way you're going to beat the game is if you die over and over and over and slowly get better. And it's the same thing I found with like podcasting, uh, or get into the coding industry, you're going to fail over and over and over. But what is going to distinguish you between somebody else is the attitude you have towards that failure. Um, somebody who's going to end up losing is they look at that failure, they take it personal, and it causes them to get become depressed and they stop doing whatever it is that they were doing. Whereas somebody who's going to be successful is they look at that failure as a stepping stone to go to a higher level. So um when I was uh, interviewing, I failed one job interview. Um, and the guy told me that, you know, during the live coding exercise, I wasn't speaking. Um, he wanted to hear my thought process uh, while I was coding. And I didn't know that. So I didn't get that job, inter 
that job. But when I went to the next interview, I took that fact with me and I ended up getting that next job because I was actually talking through things while I was coding. And that next job actually paid more than the previous job. So you have to take a look at your failures. Uh, that's going to give you information on how you can improve yourself. And you take that, you apply it to your game and you're going to be way better off than, you know, somebody who's always so-called winning because, you know, th think about the NFL, you know, some of these NFL players, like um, in high school, they're winning in college, they're winning. And now winning a big, winning a big times the NFL where everybody's as good or better than them, they don't know how to lose. Mm -hmm. So you know, these, these losses are just as important as the victories. And that's ultimately what's going to keep you operating at a high level is uh, knowing how to react to those losses and not taking them personally. Yeah. And I you think, only... go ahead. I think it's important to know that the setbacks never go away. Like you don't, you don't ever, there's no destination that you get to where you're like, Oh, I'm set now. You know, I, I've figured it out. I know how to, you know, how to do things. Um, preparing for that early on in your life and in your career really can prepare you for when you're out there in the world and, and you have your your career and you face some setbacks and you know learning how to deal with that sort of thing is really important because it just does not go away no matter who you are where you're at you know um what job you have so it's it's i i like that you mentioned setbacks and that it's important to learn Exactly. And uh, okay, here's another interesting point. Um, you know, the Bible has this verse where it says the eye is the lamp of the whole body. If the eye is healthy, the whole body is healthy. What that means is the kind of stuff you look at, the kind of stuff you consume, it's going to have a huge effect on your future. Okay, so, you know, if you put the wrong kind of gas in a performance car, the car is going to mess up. If you eat bad food, you know, what's going to happen is your body's going to start breaking down. But why don't we have that same attitude about the stuff we consume? Why are certain people so much successful than other people when they have the same 24 hours a day? It's because their thinking is different and the rate of action that they're taking is different. So, you know, in your free time, what are you doing to get better? Like a lot of people they're watching, you know, just stupid stuff like, okay, let me watch Jerry Springer. Let me watch these guys fight. You know, it's just stupid stuff. And then they, they, they wonder like, why, why are they stagnant? Because they're not utilizing their time to feed their mind. So, you know, go out for the best sources of information. If you have to pay for it, you have to pay for it. And make sure you're always consuming high quality information. Um try to get into communities where other people are doing things. It's like, you know, they say that birds of a feather flock together. If you're in a big group and nobody's doing anything, guess what they're going to try to do? They're going to try to pull you into complacency. Like, Hey guys, let's, let's go out and party. Let's, let's, uh, let's just watch TV. Whereas if you're in a group of people who, who are actively trying to do stuff, they're going to pull you in. Like, Hey, I know somebody that can come on your podcast. Let me send you this guest. Hey guys. Uh, you know, I love what y'all are doing, but maybe if you tweak it here, you're going to get, you know, more, uh, more guests, you know, it, it's the company you keep and the things you put in your mind. Those are some of the biggest things that can really affect where uh, your career or your life is ultimately going to go. Awesome. Lots of, lots of incredible knowledge and, and points from Kevin Miller here, uh, our fantastic uh, first guest. Thank you for, for breaking the mold here, my man, and, and doing this with us. 
Um, why don't you, you take a, a couple minutes here to tell people where they can find you and just what you're working on now. Sure. So uh, I have to send you guys a link because I don't know the address off the top of my head, but uh, I run the Coder Conversations podcast. Um, it's pretty much a podcast for you know people who just want to get into the tech industry and who just want to stay informed about tech-related uh, tech news in general. Um, and I'm also on LinkedIn. I'll send you guys the link to all that information. But um, yeah, those are the two places you can find me, LinkedIn and YouTube. Awesome. Thank you, Kevin. Man, what about you, man? What are you, what are you working on? Um, well, right, right now, I'm still trying to work with uh, learning how to utilize databases. Um, I've, I figured that I'm just going to go with Mongo. It seems a lot easier uh, to use based on the knowledge that I already have. Uh, so that's what I'm learning and trying to add that back end to my, uh, front end video game app right now. What about you? Yeah, that sounds like a good choice for quick save, right? Um, I am still on the road of test, test driven development. Uh, I've kind of been back and forth on what the actual first project's going to be that I run with it. I, I kind of, I had, uh, I think a bigger vision than what I'm going to go with. So I'm going to keep this a little bit smaller and do a much more contained, uh, maybe even just like a form or or some kind of generic input that I can just do start to finish with TDD. Uh, and I've also taken my first baby steps into Java, which I was a little bit intimidated to start learning another programming language. But guess what? When you start doing another language, a lot of the same stuff is there. And it's way sure. easier to pick up something new after you've gotten a really good handle on what you're already working with. So that's where I'm at now. Yeah, yeah, what's so okay. interesting is uh, what you learn is ultimately programming is about the logic, uh, mm -hmm. you know, if, else, loops, et cetera. You're jumping from language to language, syntax changes a little bit. There's a couple of other niceties, other little mechanisms, but you're largely doing the same thing. So I was just going to say it makes it a lot less intimidating going to another language after you get, get a good grasp of one. Yeah, that makes a, a lot of sense. Um, well, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today. We will be linking... Um, Kevin's links and where to find them down in the description. Um, and that's it. I hope you all have a very nice day.